South Africa marked the anniversary of the Soweto uprisings earlier this week. It's been 45 years since demonstrations by black school children against education using the medium of Afrikaans started on the morning of the 16th of June 1976 in Soweto. In the days that followed, many learners were assaulted, shot and killed by police in a display of unbridled, vengeful brutality by the state. Decades later, and the school system in South Africa is once again under the spotlight, this time facing a different set of challenges and causes of unhappiness among learners. Allegations of racism at schools make news headlines regularly, with learners across the country speaking out in protest about their experiences of racism at their schools, at the hands of fellow learners, teachers and school heads. I'm Catherine Rice, journalist for News24's Multimedia Department, and this is The Story. This week we'll be talking about the most recent allegations of racism at a private school in Cape Town. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. We're talking to News24 journalist Sasona Gakamba, who covered the story that unfolded at Deutsche Schule Kapstadt, a private international German school on the slopes of Table Mountain. Sasona, parents and pupils protested outside the school this week. Why exactly were they protesting? Thank you, Catherine. Well, parents and pupils of the private school, German International School, Cape Town, um, were protesting after a teacher told pupils that um, black children do not have role models because their fathers are in jail and their mothers are prostitutes. The children, I believe, were absolutely outraged, as as they rightly should have been. And uh, what, what happened? What did the school do? Well, Catherine, uh, I reached out to the school and uh, they confirmed the incident to me. The headmaster, Alexandra Kermser, said the incident happened as part of a discussion on black economic empowerment lesson. Um, He conceded that the remarks were considered discriminatory and added that the school's management temporarily suspended the teacher and initiated disciplinary proceedings against her as required by the school's policy. He did not go into detail about what exactly the disciplinary hearing um, delved in. Um, But what he did mention is that um, the disciplinary hearing was chaired by an external labor law expert and statements from both pupils and the teacher were presented. They said that there was also counseling um, to the students and the teacher was therefore um, suspended for, uh, for a week or so. But the fact is she's been reinstated and I think that's drawn a lot of anger from the pupils who attend that school. Did they seem united in their fight against racism at the school, the the student body? Or are the protests coming from a minority of the student body? Yeah, they they are seeming to be united, um, Catherine. I mean, I spoke to one pupil who's also part of the SRC um, at the school, and he actually expressed that they were all outraged by the remarks made by the teacher, which is why they were embarking on silent protests, um, because they are not happy that the teacher has been reinstated. I mean, the people say that they do not feel safe around the teacher and actually believe that not enough was done 
by the school. I mean, Susona, it's it's not an isolated incident. Last year, a lot of pupils across the country shared their experiences of discrimination on social media. But it seems that not much has really changed since then. And perhaps it's only when pupils actually protest that it gets the attention of the media and then the school pays attention. Would you agree with that? I agree with the sentiment. I mean, it seems schools across the country, especially private ones, um, are somehow becoming reactionary. They only start acting against racism, discrimination when it's brought up and are not focusing on changing their transformation policies to ensure that, um, I mean, there's inclusivity and in the first place. Um, if, they are, if their transformation policies were clear about non-rationalism, then we wouldn't be sitting where we are every every week, if you can say. I mean, there's, there was a school um, a few weeks ago where a teacher was also suspended for using the K-word on a pupil. And also just last month, there were parents who were protesting at Cornwall Hill College in Pretoria, and they um, alleged that there were racial tensions that the school just had failed to deal with. Can you tell us a bit more about that incident and, and about some of the other incidents you may know about or may have covered? Well, three weeks ago, parents and pupils from Cornwall Hill College um, braved the cold weather um, to hand over a memorandum um, of demands to the school. Um, that particular demonstration was also attended by the education MEC in Gauteng, Panyaza Lisufi. Um, they called on, among other things, that the school should take concrete steps to change its culture and make it one that is inclusive and supportive of different races and cultures. Um, past and present pupils from this particular college have been complaining about microaggressions at the school, how their hair is always a problem, um, how they are not allowed to play certain sports like soccer, and how just teachers um, are ill-treating, especially the minority. Um, so the parents also called on the school to make changes to its curriculum and how it was taught. They called on the curriculum to expose pupils to South Africa's diverse cultures and institutional rights and responsibilities. But Catherine, what was more interesting in that particular demonstration was that um, when the school stood up and actually accepted the memorandum and, and said that it heeded the call or the complaints um, raised by the concerned parents and pupils and actually apologized for delays in transforming, which means that they knew that there was lack of transformation at the school, but they've taken up until this level where pupils have to protest to actually react. Exactly. And I, hopefully uh, schools really will start paying attention now. And I'm sure we'll be seeing more of these stories. And of course, Sasona will be covering those for us. That was Sasona Kakamba. Thank you for joining us. We are now joined by Assistant Editor for Breaking News, Sheldon Marias. Sheldon, in your years as an editor, stories about racism in schools seem to have become all too common. I mean, is that the reality? Are racial tensions in schools increasing over time? And if so, what do you think are the main causes? I think it's. I think there's always been racial tensions in in schools. I mean, you can go, you know, as 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 far back as as the nineties, uh, as South Africa itself was was integrating from a separated society due to apartheid. Obviously, you had pockets of of integrated schools, but mostly those were private schools, and at the time, predominantly black people were were excluded from from even accessing those. 
um, just because you know they were they were way too expensive. But you did have pockets of integration. I think in general, as the country was coming together, and if you were and if you saw that you know there was there was racial tensions within South Africa as a society, as a country, this was spilling over into schools as well. Um, so, so I think that the racial tensions have always been there. Uh, another reason why I say that is because in in recent years, um, people who were at school during the eight uh, during the nineties, uh, the early two thousands, have have you know as a result of the current uh, protests and tensions, started speaking up about their own experiences at school, saying just because it wasn't spoken about uh, during you know those those years of the mid nineties, the early two thousands, even the mid two thousands. It doesn't mean that it wasn't there. These were our experiences. And I think in the age of social media, in the age of recordings, as we've seen with a lot of other aspects of our, of, of, of our societal uh, fabric playing out, these have now come to be recorded. You've also got a generation, uh, Catherine, which I believe is more vocal in, in, um, in, in, in speaking up about racial racial tension, racism at schools, uh, whether it be, you know, from within the, 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 the pupil cohort or, or from teachers, from parents, from the school governing body. Uh, I think you've got a generation who are speaking up and standing out and saying, listen, we're, we're not going to tolerate this. But at the core of it, racial tensions, I believe, have always been uh, present in, in our schools. And Sheldon, do you think that education authorities have done enough or are doing enough to try and transform schools? The transformation you look at is not just only racial, but but you know there, there, there's there's class transformation as well. A lot of private schools obviously do have you know bursaries and 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 attempts to to bring um, promising scholars from underprivileged backgrounds into the schools. However. Where the education department, I think, has fallen short is is in equipping teachers to manage the the transformation. Um, So in in equipping teachers not only to teach the subjects that they they are are, uh, experts at, but in terms of, of navigating young South Africans through racial tensions, racism, uh, a, a, a a country that has come from a very fractured past not too long ago and and how they find a place and a voice for themselves within the community and i think uh, many of these racist incidents um involve teachers you know which which is which is concerning uh, in the sense that either teachers are, are not aware of the the messaging that they're putting across if it is if it is racist if it's implicit racism if it's explicit racism, that's equally as even more concerning because, you know, you've got a power dynamic of a teacher who should know better, you know, imparting this or directing it towards a pupil who is in their teenage years or even younger um, as well and, and is very, you know, in their formative years as well. So it can be very damaging. Sheldon, it's not just, um, you know, the teacher's being racist in some incidents, it's also between the parents themselves. I mean, earlier this month, there was a fight between black and white parents that broke out at the Witbank Technical High School in Mpumalanga. And Sheldon, that school had to suspend classes. And it was clearly, you know, a situation that was getting out of control. Do you think we could be in some sort of downward spiral? 
I don't think we're in a downward spiral. I think we're going to have these incidents uh, of racism. And I think it's, in a way, it's good that they are, are surfacing or they're being spoken about, that they're being formed, because it does, does then get people talking. Now, obviously, you know, ish matters of race of uh, um, often see see people on, on two sides uh, of a fence, just hurling, um, you know, hurling, uh, shouting at each other as opposed to listening. But I do think it's, it's, it's good because it does ultimately show, it shows you what your, what, what, what your, what your sores are. And the only way you can ever treat your sores is by firstly acknowledging them and then seeking out the, 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 the help and the treatment that you, that you need. So I don't think we're in a downward spiral. It certainly isn't great for the South African psyche um, at a time when you've, you know, you're battling load shedding, you're battling uh, COVID-19, a, a, a government which is, um, you know, failing in, in rolling out vaccines. And then you see, you think, geez, the, you know, our schools aren't even uh, safe from, from racism. And it's the parents who, who are, you know, at the, at the heart of this. Um, so it isn't great by, by any means. But I don't think that we're in a downward spiral because I think in looking at it, we have to look at it holistically. There are pockets of excellence uh, across our education system. And I use that word pockets because sometimes it's in spite of uh, government's efforts, um, which we know has, has been, you know, at, at times woefully inept when it comes to the education system. And this is across the board, whether it be your private schools, whether it be uh, rural uh, rural-based schools who, who, you know, perform uh, sterlingly every year, where they get pupils who, who overcome the most, you know, some of the, the greatest obstacles and succeed. Um, and, and, and the friendships that are built, the bonds that are built, the, the children. And I think this is, this is a, lot of, a lot of the change and a lot of the agitation is being led by, by the youth, you know. And I think that should be a positive that we, have a, uh, that we acknowledge um, and and not you know and 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 not see it as a downward spiral, but it certainly isn't you know viewing viewing the world through rose tinted glasses. We have deep and see, deep problems within our education system because that education system is rooted in a country which itself has de- uh, ha- has deep um, deep problems, uh, deeply rooted problems um, from our our recent past, and you know and 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 even further than that. Um, due to you know black people being treated as second class citizens in their own country, being subjected to the most uh, uh, brutal um, racism at 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 times, and that has left a lasting legacy. You know, no matter how many years uh, you know we we've been a democracy. Absolutely, and as you say, you know, children need to have a safe space at school and. This isn't happening for a lot of children in our country, so definitely a a lot more still needs to be done. Thank you so much for your time, Sheldon. That was Sheldon Marias, Assistant Editor for Breaking News. That's it from us this week. I'm Catherine Rice, and this episode was produced with the help of Bertram Malchas.